Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast with Tony Marinero. Sports entertainment like no other. It's going to be sick. Brought to you by Essentia, the world's only natural memory foam mattress. Beyond organic sleep. Marinero, the sick podcast, and the Montreal Canadiens are down one game to nothing versus the Vegas Golden Knights in the conference final. Vegas winners 4-1 in game one. At times, they looked absolutely dominant. Will they keep it up? One guy who knows the Vegas Golden Knights very well. He covers that team for a living. Jesse Granger of The Athletic, welcome to the sick podcast. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. Thank you for taking the time. And the podcast is brought to you by... Essentia, the world's only natural memory foam mattress. Go to myessentia.com slash sickpod and see why Essentia is the mattress of choice for many athletes, including over 25% of professional hockey players. Use code sickpod for a free pillow with your purchase. Essentia, beyond organic sleep. Speaking of sleep, Jesse, at one point, it looked like Vegas put Montreal to sleep, but I know who wasn't sleeping, and that was the fan base. I've never been to Vegas. Obviously, you were at game one and you've taken in a bunch of games. Can you describe to us with what they've done in Vegas? Yeah, they, they've done a great job. They've turned that arena into a nightclub uh, that also features a hockey game every night. Um, it's, it's impressive. The game ops from an entertainment standpoint and just the, the people that work behind the scenes to get all those lights. I'm sure everyone saw the light show before the game with the projections on this on the ice and the smoke and all the lasers and everyone in the stands had a uh, little foam glowing sticks that they were banging around. So it, it was impressive. It's impressive display uh, just visually. And then two, the fans bring it. Um, I mean, there's a lot of gimmicky stuff in Vegas and it, it can be corny at times, but that's kind of how ve- that's what Vegas is. It's about over the top f- flamboyant, corny shows and it's great they've got a knight that's fighting in, in the last round he was fighting against an avalanche um in the next in this round obviously they've changed it up a little bit and they've kind of went with hockey's history and they've got this huge elaborate pregame show but that doesn't mean anything if the fans don't bring it they've got to be loud and they are they're incredibly loud um loudest arena i've ever been in um i have not been to montreal for a playoff game i did get to go yeah. to a regular season game and it was very impressive and and, and i came away um, very impressed with the Montreal crowd, but I haven't seen a full house for a playoff game to compare to Vegas. Uh, it's we're unfortunately we're kind of being robbed of that comparison in this yeah. series. That would have been that would have been really fun to see. But um, regardless, yeah, they've they've done a great job in Vegas, and and they get even more amped for big games like last night, which was obviously a huge one. It's the Sick Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at the Sick Podcast. In Montreal, they do it the classy way. They always have and they always will and I was talking about this last night on social media I was saying wow Vegas watching on television it looks absolutely unbelievable and people were like ah it's not classy it's kind of like cheap thrills kind of thing but you know what call it whatever you want I I think it's amazing if I would have told you Jesse you know the minute I found out that Vegas was going to enter the National Hockey League I thought wow Vegas that's a cool destination but I had my doubts if I would have told you then that this is what it was going to work out to now, you would have said what exactly? 
Well, I I was a little more optimistic than most about hockey working in Vegas. I thought it was going to work. I didn't think it was going to work this well on the ice, right? Like I didn't expect them to go to three semifinals to, to the conference final round three out of the first four years. No one expected that. I expected them to suck like every expansion team. But off the ice, this is kind of what I expected. Vegas is is not a hockey city, but Vegas is a very big sports city. And everybody here loves sports. And everybody that's lived here their whole life has wanted a sports team to represent their city for so long. And the city has come close. They've tried to woo teams to, to move here in the NBA. They've tried to woo baseball teams, uh, football teams. Obviously, they have the Raiders now. But prior to the Golden Knights coming, it, every attempt to get a pro sports team here had fallen flat and hadn't worked out. And this is a proud city. They, the, the people in this city like having something that represents them other than the strip. I mean, everybody here is proud of the strip. It's a, it's an entertainment capital of the world. Everybody knows that that's what Vegas is, but for people that live here, it's nice to have something else to represent you. When you leave Vegas, you can wear your golden Knights hoodie proud and, and kind of represent your city. So I think I expected the fan base to be this solid like I, that part of things I did expect I expected uh-huh. this city to latch on to the first pro sports team ever there will never be another team here the Raiders can't do it if they get a baseball team they can't do it they'll never be another first team the way the Golden Knights were so on ice success I did not expect off ice I expected it to be this way and and because of the on ice success that's obviously yeah. magnified it's easier to get a sellout crowd every single night when you're one of the best teams in the league year in and year out so that certainly helped it He's Jesse Granger of The Athletic. I'm Tony Marinero. It's a sick podcast. A shout out to Excellent Photo, centrally located in Montreal, close to downtown shopping and university ships to all of Canada. Professional staff at the store and online to help you choose the gear you really need. It was nice to see 18,000 strong in the arena last night. We saw the images. It was nice to see a lot of Montreal Canadiens fans make the trip. Once again, I've never been to Vegas. I'd love to get down there at some point and watch a hockey game. Can you paint the picture walking up to the arena, what the arena looks like, what you'll see? Try and paint that picture for those who have never been there before. Yeah, it's great. So this, the arena is actually located between in between two casinos on the Las Vegas Strip. Um, it's in between the New York, New York and the Park MGM, which used to be the Monte Carlo, but now it's been rebranded as the Park MGM. And you, you kind of, to get there, you have to walk from the strip and you have to walk through this walkway that goes between these two casinos and they've built all these bars and restaurants. So there's just dozens of bars and restaurants on both sides and you're walking through and they're all, it's it's obviously nice out um, in Vegas. The weather's great right now. A little hot. <laughs> it's, it's above 105 right now. It's a little hot, um, but everyone's outside drinking, eating, hanging out. There was a ton of Habs fans. Uh, and, and as is always the case just for every Golden Knights game, because why wouldn't you want to make a trip to Vegas to see your hockey team? So there are always lots of visiting fans. And um, it's cool. I like it. It's a different atmosphere because of the mix of fans. There's a lot of Montreal fans. There's a lot of Vegas fans. Everyone's kind of hanging out, having a good time. That leads you, you walk through this walkway with all these bars and restaurants up to the arena itself. Um, the Toshiba Plaza is what's the outside is called. Uh, there's a bunch of people there. They have like a pregame show going on with cheerleaders and a DJ playing music. Everybody's, they have like cornhole, uh, boards to, to play cornhole out front. There's a lot of games going on. And then they do a big countdown on this giant led screen outside of the arena. They do it. They count down to 10 and then they, they light the goal horns off and everything. And everybody 
files into the arena, and then that's when the show starts in there. It's a lot of fun. Vegas, uh, if, if there's one – Vegas may not be super experienced in hockey the way Montreal is, but if yeah. there's one thing Vegas is good at, it's hosting an event and making it a party. And, oh, and sure. like you said, there are different ways to do this, right? Like there, there's nothing wrong with the classy, traditional – it's a church for hockey. That's that's what everyone says about the Bell Center yeah. in Montreal. They're, they're, that's great. And what Vegas does and like what Nashville, Nashville kind of does a similar thing, like what they do, the party atmosphere, that's great too. Like it's it's good to have a variety of, of uh, ways to see an NHL hockey game. And, and I think um, Montreal and Vegas kind of represent the two polar opposites on the spectrum, but they're both awesome. Before we preview game two, let's talk about once again what happened in game one. Uh, we know the Canadians are a different team when they grab the lead and when they actually trail. I mean, uh, they hadn't trailed since game four of that series versus Toronto Maple Leafs in round one. So they never trailed in game five, six or seven, never trailed versus Winnipeg in a sweep. And obviously last night they go down by a score of one to nothing, just over nine minutes in when Shea Theodore scores a goal. But prior to that, I thought the Canadians were the better team. They had their chances. They looked like the week off was great for them. And Marc-Andre Fleury made a couple of saves, where one of which he was looking behind them, and he wasn't really sure of himself. So that was a wasted opportunity. I think that was a turning point in the hockey game. Yeah, I agree with you completely that the, the Canadians look totally different playing with a lead. And, and they like to they, – they don't have the, the super, super high-end skilled offensive players to, to put up a bunch of points, so they've relied on playing a very structured defensive game and playing you difficult in the corners. And I think it's easier to play that kind of sit back and wait for the other team to make a mistake. Um, it's easier to play that style when you're leading. Um, you don't have to push for offense. You don't have to overextend yourself. You don't have to have your defenseman in the offensive zone pinch a little more than they'd like. And I think once Vegas took that lead, obviously, like you said, Marc-Andre Fleury was massive in that game. There were large stretches of that game where he didn't have to do anything and, and he was just kind of hanging out back there. But if he doesn't make those three or four saves early in the game in those first 10 minutes when Montreal was dominant, I mean, they, they got the puck into the offensive zone. They forechecked. They cycled the puck around. They held Vegas in their zone for long stretches and they got dangerous chances around the net. I think it's impressive how well Montreal creates from behind the goal line. Yeah. Um, they get the puck behind the net and they find ways to get those passes from behind Vegas's net into that slot area. And then it's not just one shot. It's Flurry makes the initial save and there are shot after shot after shot. There are guys just banging away at those rebounds down there. He was huge to keep that game one uh, zero zero up until Shea Theodore scored, because if Montreal gets one or two of those, Suddenly they can sit back. They can play that defensive shell. They can keep the shots to the outside. You know, Carey Price is going to make those saves. It, yeah. it, the game looks a lot different. When Vegas gets a lead like they did early, um, it allows them to have Montreal press forward. And that opens up the transition. And we saw the Golden Knights were able to create a lot of chances in transition. That doesn't happen if Montreal doesn't have to push forward and look for offense. And if you're looking for Vegas Golden Knights Apparel or Montreal Canadiens or any other NHL team or any sport for that matter, sportbuffshop.com for all of your officially licensed sports apparel and more. Use code 615 for 15% off on all of their items. And early on in that hockey game, not only was Montreal playing well, a thundering hit by Alexander Romanov on Alex Petrangelo, who's no small guy, at least six foot three, maybe about 220. That was a huge hit. It looked like things were going their way. But unfortunately, as much as that hit was supposed to wake up the Canadians, I actually think it woke up Petrangelo and the Golden Knights. Yeah, it may have. Man, that hit shocked me. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, who was that? I'm looking at the 
I'm like, man, he's 5'11", 180 pounds, and he just flattened Alex Petrangelo. Like, I, I've watched Petrangelo a lot in St. Louis. I've obviously seen every minute he's played in Vegas this year, and I have never seen him get put on his back like that. It was an impressive hit. Um, that game wasn't as – honestly, that game wasn't as physical as I expected it to be. I think there was a, I think there was a feeling out process between the teams. I think they were both yeah. a little hesitant. Um, it did. There were there were a couple scrums here and there, but I think this series is going to get a lot more physical as it goes on. Jesse, I, I got to tell you something. Of course, hitting some of the big guys who have the big bodies of the Tom Wilsons of this world, and uh, and and the and the, the the Reeves of this world, for example. There's a lot of them who, you know, hit hard because they're big, big men. This guy's not a big man, but he hits like a truck. Hitting is a heart uh, is an art, and I got to tell you, Alexander Romanov. He's one of the best hitting defensemen in the National Hockey League, in my opinion. I've had a chance to see him all year. I think he's laid out about 10, 15 hits that are just like, wow, he really crushed the guy. So anyway, Shea Theodore and Alex Petrangelo, two huge catalysts in that game last night for the Vegas Golden Knights. Mind you, so is the entire defense who totaled six points in that hockey game. Let's start with Theodore. One goal, one assist on the first two goals. He gets the big first goal of the hockey game. But that fake slap shot where his stick actually even just hits the ice and then he passes the puck over to Martinez. Wow. He had me fooled. Yeah, he had Price fooled too, who, who yeah. was all the way down in his butterfly. Shea Theodore is so incredibly skilled. I mean, he is it's it's hard to believe he's a defenseman at times because his hands are just so good and his his vision in the offensive zone, but he has been to be quite honest, he's been invisible in these playoffs prior to last night. Um, that was his first goal of the postseason, that goal that went in uh, just, just to open the scoring. And a guy who who creates as much offense as he does to go the entire postseason up until last night without a goal, it was weighing on him. And you could tell um, he was gripping his stick a little tight. He was thinking a little too much. Um, and then after that goal went in, and that goal only goes in because of the fantastic screen by Mark Stone in front. They win the faceoff back. And Stone drives to the front of the net, and he gets in front of Carey Price, and he forces Carey Price to look to Price's left. And Price leans over to his left. Theodore sees that and shoots it to the other side of the net. Price couldn't get over in time. Easy goal for Theodore just because of the screen. And from that point on, Theodore looked like a different person. He looked like the guy who I think he finished fifth in the league amongst defensemen in points this year. Um, he's an elite offensive weapon. And like you said, that shot fake was phenomenal. And I think if that play happens before that goal, I don't know if he's got the confidence to to pull that. Because he told – I was talking to him after the game, and he said, I was fully intended on shooting that puck. And I'm winding up, and he took that huge wind-up for the slap shot. And while he wound up for the shot, he said, Alec Martinez is screaming at him over there. I'm wide open. Give me the puck. And he heard him mid-wind-up and decided to, like you said, he, he stops his stick on the ice and then dishes that perfect pass over, and Price was obviously out of position because of the fake, and Martinez yeah. bangs it into the wide-open net. Um, I think Theodore, that was a big moment for the Golden Knights. If that goal can get him playing the way he is capable of playing, because they've made it this far without him making much of an impact, and Alex Petrangelo has kind of picked up the slack there. If both of those guys are going the way they were last night, this team's terrifying. Follow us on YouTube and podcast platforms, The Sick Podcast with Tony Marinero. He's Jesse Granger of The Athletic. We're talking the Vegas Golden Knights. What a performance by Alex Petrangelo, who logged uh, 26 or 27 minutes of ice time. He had 13 shots. Seven of them were on net. More shots than any other player in that hockey game. We all know how good he can be. Clearly, he made the right choice signing with Vegas. 
brilliant on his part. We saw him a couple of years ago in a cup run with the St. Louis Blues. But as has he been that good, as good as he was last night? Because last night, he was the most dominant player in the game. No. Uh, for most of this season, the Golden Knights fan base has kind of talked about Petrangelo as like a terrible contract signing. <laughs> I mean, he signed that wow. $61.6 million deal, and you kind of knew when he signed it at the age he's at right now. Like the back, the back end of that contract is probably not going to look great the last couple of years. But if you're the Golden Knights, if you can get an elite number one defenseman and he helps you win a cup in the first couple of years, who cares, right? Like the Chicago yeah. Blackhawks have Duncan Keith and it's a terrible contract, but like we won two cups, so nobody cares. Um, that's kind of the thought process on that. And then he comes in and he didn't fit right away. It, t- it took him some time to, to learn everyone's tendencies, especially a defenseman like him who his number one asset is getting forwards the puck at the right time on their blade, on their, the blade of their stick in rhythm heading up the ice for offensive chances. And a guy like that, he needs to know his tendencies of his teammates. And I think it took him a little while to get going. He had COVID this year and that forced him out of the lineup. And that really kind of set back his chemistry with this team, I think. But as the year has gone on, he's gotten a little more comfortable, a little more comfortable in that Colorado series is where you really saw, that was the first time since he signed with the Golden Knights that you, that you saw the player that they, thought they were getting when they signed him to $8.8 million a year. And he was just phenomenal in that Colorado series. And that was to me, what shifted that series from two, nothing to four, two for Vegas was Alex Petrangelo became the guy they signed him to be. And that just continued over last night. He's been phenomenal. Like you mentioned, he, he obviously creates a lot of offense, but he's just been eating minutes for that team. He plays 27 minutes a night, 28 minutes a night, and he plays against the opposing top lines and he rarely gets beat defensively. Um, and when you can count on a guy to play that many minutes and not get burned against the opposing top players for that yeah. long, um, that, that alone, uh, aside from all of his offensive contributions, is massive. All right. Now on to Max Pacioretty, his tenure with the Montreal. The last four or five months, you heard his name out there. He was on the block. He wanted to stay. He wanted to go. He wanted to stay. He wanted to go anyway. He ends up moving on. He's traded to Vegas. I think a couple of years later, it's a trade that both organizations are happy with. The Canadians get Suzuki, Tatar, and Norlander. And I know Tatar's not playing in the series, but he's been one of their top goal scorers the past couple of years. Vegas gets Pacioretty, who scored goals in the regular season. He's produced in the playoffs. He hasn't made too many waves here. Uh, during this series with the Canadians are going into it. But you just you get the feeling that this one, not only from a, a team standpoint, which obviously he wants to get to the cup final and he wants to win, but you get the feeling that this one could be personal for him. Have you had any talks with Max Pacioretty about what winning this series versus the Canadians means to him or would mean to him? Yeah, I have. And I don't know if he's just saying this or if it, he seems very truthful in that he's past it. Um, and, and like talking to everyone involved, like I, like I, I've, I've spoken to a lot of people involved in that trade from agents to GMs to Max Pacioretty. And it seems like everyone involved is kind of, it's, it's in the past. And like Max has said, has been very complimentary of, of his time in Montreal. He enjoyed it. Um, I think, like you said, it was a trade that was good for both teams. It gave both teams what they needed at that time, right? Because Montreal was kind of trying to reload and they, they have a lot of young talent and Nick Suzuki adds to that. And he's going to be great for that team for the next eight, nine, 10 years. Whereas the Golden Knights don't, at this stage, they're trying to win a Stanley Cup right now, these last couple of years. They needed a guy who can be the number one scorer. And Max Pacioretty came over and initially he wasn't that great of a fit, but man, he had never played in Montreal. He had never played with a player as elite as Mark Stone on his line. And for the first year in Vegas, he didn't have that. 
And then they traded for Mark Stone at the deadline a few months after getting Max Pacioretty. And from that point on, Max Pacioretty has been one of the best pure goal scorers in the entire NHL. He just puts the puck in the net. Um, he's He is this team is built around 200 foot players who maybe not aren't the best finishers like Mark Stone, elite player, but he's not an elite scorer. He's just really good at everything else. William Carlson, Riley Smith, Jonathan Marshall. So these guys are all really good 200 foot players who maybe aren't the best finishers. And then you put Max Pacioretty, who that's what he is. He's the finisher on this team. He was a missing piece to that puzzle. Um, I expect him to to have a really good series just because he's been so good in these playoffs. Yeah. Um, he is the he is the finisher on this team. If he goes on to win the Stanley Cup with the Vegas Golden Knights, it'll almost be like um, Dallas trading Jerome McGinley to Calgary in return for Joe Newendike, Um, where you know you trade away a young player, you have a feeling he's going to go on to have a very good career, but you acquire a player who can help you win a Stanley Cup. And so I, I totally get what you're saying. Uh, I thought the Canadians did a real good job. The Dano line did a real good job of shutting down mm-hmm. Vegas's number one line of Stevenson with Stone on his right and Pacioretty on his left in game one. The scary part in that whole thing, though, is they shut them down and Vegas still scored four and the Canadians still lost. Yeah, that's to me, that's the that's the hill to climb for Montreal is Vegas. They have three lines that are so dangerous. And and when they're healthy and Alex Tuck can play down on that third line, like Alex, Alex Tuck playing on the third line is ridiculous. That guy is way too good to be on a third line. But Vegas just has so many talented wingers with Marcia So, Smith, Stone, and Pacioretty that he gets bumped down there and becomes an absolute nightmare matchup. And Tuck was really good last night. And that kind of shows you why this Vegas team is as good as it is. Is Deneau, like you said, that line did a great job against yeah. the Stone Pacioretty line. But then the other, the, the misfit line, Marcia So, Carlson, and Smith, they create a bunch. And then Alex Tuck and Nick Waugh and Martias Yanmark are great on the third line. It's like, you can't like against Colorado. Vegas did a good job of shutting down their one line, and when they did that, it kind of cut the head off the snake, and the rest of the team didn't produce. Vegas has three legitimate scoring lines when they're healthy. That just stopping one isn't enough. You have to find a way to slow them all down, and, and it's easier said than done. Most believe that the Vegas Golden Knights are going to win this series. I mean, obviously, they finished with the most points in the National Hockey League, tied with the Colorado Avalanche, eighty-two points, which was twenty-three points better than what the Montreal Canadiens finished with. But we know the playoffs are a different season and anything can happen. With that said, how do you see, when you look into your crystal ball here, what chance do you give the Canadians and, and what part of the Canadians game would you see giving Vegas fits? Yeah, I mean, I'll be, I think Vegas is the favorite and, and they should be. Um, but it's not, a, I mean, it's not an impossible task for Montreal to beat this team. It's very possible. They've yeah. got a, a phenomenal goalie in Carey Price. I think the way Montreal wins can win this series is they have to get leads. And and like we saw it against Dallas in the Western Conference Finals last year for Vegas. Dallas was able to get leads and then sit back. And when teams sit back, the Golden Knights struggle to score goals. And that's against Anton Hudobin, who was playing really well at the time, but he's not Carey Price. So I think if Montreal can get an early lead, get a goal early, sit back, Create that shell around Carey Price. Let the Golden Knights outshoot you. Like every game in that Dallas series, Vegas lost it in five games, four to one. They outshot Dallas almost two to one in every game because Dallas allowed them to shoot from the outside and just let their goalie make those easy saves. And I think the other part of the Canadians game that can give Vegas issues is that grit around the net. And you saw it in the first 10 minutes of that game. Um, The Golden Knights 
they, they struggled against Minnesota this season and they, they had to go to seven games. And the reason for that was Minnesota was so strong around the net. They created rebound chances. They created second chance opportunities and they out positioned the Golden Knights defenders around that net. And I think it didn't last long, but in that opening 10 minutes, you saw Montreal has the ability to do that. They have those grinding forwards. They have those power defensemen on their end that can get the puck down there. And then those forwards can get chances from inside. I think, you aren't going to see many pretty goals against the Golden Knights for Montreal in this series. It's going to be pucks in the crease, puck bounces out. Flurry, as amazing as he is, and I think he's the best goalie in hockey right now, if there's a weakness in his game, he's a little loose on the rebound control. He will give up rebounds if you if you shoot low. And I think that's the way, if Montreal is going to win this series, it's getting the puck in those areas, jamming away at it, getting an ugly goal in the crease, getting an early lead sitting back and then Montreal can let Vegas come to them and then counterattack. I think that's how that's Montreal's route. It's not going to be easy. I think Vegas is going to win this series, but there is that to me, that's the route. And I think it's possible for Montreal to pull it off. So no disrespect to a goalie who's won several Stanley cup, but respectfully disagree with you. I'll go with Carey price and Vasilevsky being better goaltenders than Mark Andre Fleury. Unfortunately for Carey price, he doesn't have a team as well-rounded as Vegas and he doesn't have a team that Marc-Andre Fleury had when he was Pittsburgh. And had he, I believe he would have won cups, but it's hypothetical. We'll never know. I'm going to ask you for a prediction only because it'll give me an opportunity to revisit with you and get you back on the sick podcast again. Jesse Granger, who do you got in how many games? Well, I'll stick with the same prediction I had before the series. Uh, Habs fans are not going to like me. I, I have Vegas in five. Um, I, I think a lot of people are picking Vegas in a sweep. I think... Carey Price has been like, I play goalie in just, I play goalie my whole life. I play goalie in men's league. Carey Price is my favorite goalie. Um, just because of the way he plays the game is so fundamental. I have so much respect for that guy's game. I think Carey Price single-handedly wins Montreal at least a game, maybe two. Um, but my prediction will be Vegas in five. I think that, I think that Montreal has been a very good team, but I just think Vegas is better. All right. I'm going to go to my betting expert. This has been a lot of fun. Thanks for doing it. Thanks for having me. Thank you very much. Jesse Granger of The Athletic. This guy's awesome. It's now time money. to try and make some money. Money, 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 money. It's time for Sick Picks. Brought to you by MyBookie. His handle is RunMyBets. His buddies call him Cash. That's his name, Cash. Make me some, buddy. Make me some. What's up, guys? Uh, coming off a disappointing loss, the last one I gave you guys was Embiid over 29.5 points. He didn't get there. Uh, the next game, he didn't manage to get there either. He only had 17 points, but this is the thing. He, he took 20 shots. He shot 4 of 20. You just don't see it happening again, guys. Game uh, game 5. This is a big game. Philly and the Hawks. He shot terribly. He knows he needs to play better if they want to win. First pick of the show, guys. I'm doubling up on this. I want you guys to go big. Two units, three units, uh, over 29.5 points, guys. He's going to get there. This guy can put up 36, 37 in his sleep. He had a terrible shooting performance. This is one of the best spots, guys. Betting player props in the playoffs on a revenge game where they come back. Spots like these guys are the best. The lines don't adjust. The lines sometimes go down. It was at 33.5 at one point this series. You're getting them at 29.5. Book it two or three units. Play number two, guys. Clippers plus three. Yes, they're away. Yes, the better team has happened, has been has been winning at home. The Jazz won the first two in almost blowout fashion. The Clippers won the last two in blowout fashion. 2-2 series going back to the Jazz. 
I think the Clippers are going to win this in six. The Clippers are going to take this game here, guys. Sprinkle the money line. Take the three points. Bet it big. I, yeah, that's right, guys. I got two big bets today. I, uh, it's not often I tell you guys to go big. I want you guys to go big on both these plays because I'm super confident. I'm going to be putting my money where my mouth is. I'm going to have huge bets on both these games as well. Get me to the window, guys. Joel Embiid over 29 and a half points. Clippers plus three. Even the money line. Do whatever you want, guys. We're going to cash. Let's get to the window. And you can play those two picks and place your bets on my bookie. Go to mybookie.ag slash the sick podcast and use code sick picks for a 50% deposit bonus. Bet, win, get paid. His number is cash. He promises to make you some. I'm Marinero. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at the sick podcast. Until next time. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the sick podcast on YouTube. Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by Essentia, the world's only natural memory foam mattress beyond organic sleep.